Welcome back, Sharp and Benning in the morning, 1620 The Zone and 1620TheZone.com. For Creighton fans, a very important date is April 16th. When it comes to what Doug McDermott might do to try and help us sift through where he might, what he might do and where he might go. Joining us from Draft Express is Jonathan Gavoni. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Hi, how, good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, let's just uh, cut right to the, the chase. You're um, from the, the people that you talk to and what you've seen of uh, Doug McDermott. What, what, what are your general feelings on what will happen before April 16th with him? Will he, he stay or will he go? You know, I, I really don't know. I don't have a, a strong indication either way. I'm sure you guys are, are, are hearing more. Um, you know, the I'm kind of, uh, you know, uh, a final score kind of guy, the whole play-by-play of is he going to enter, is he not going to enter. And, you know, that there's so many prospects out there that that kind of gets old after a while. So if he's going to be in the draft, um, great. If not, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing him in college next year. I know that you have uh, right now have him going in the, the seventh pick in the second round to Sacramento in your mock draft. Has he always been in that general area, or has he at one time been in the first round and dropped down, or vice versa? I think he's always kind of been in that in that general area. Um, I think he's he's definitely improved his stock as his college career moved on, you know, just based on his freshman year, and you know, he's gotten better. Um Every single time I've seen him play, so um, I think uh, I think he finished up pretty strong. I think this is a, a really really good season for him. So I think you know I think scouts like him. How big of a we we were talking with Shane Battier yesterday, and we were talking about how now it's almost faux pas to have gone to school for four years, and it seems like the longer you played, the worse your NBA stock is. And and this could be a year in 2013 where you see a lot of you know one year guys again. With guys like Mclemore and Smart and, and 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 maybe Anthony Bennett, what what do you feel the NBA stands to gain from not revisiting the why go to school at all? Trying to work in conjunction with the NCAA for once. Um, I think that the NBA would be very happy to work with the, with the NCAA on that, and um, I think it's really just a matter of collective bargaining, um, you know, the, I think the NBA Players Association has done um, themselves a real disservice by not pushing that more in the discussions, um, kind of, you know, leaving that to the last minute and, and trying to use it as a little bit of a bargaining chip to try and get themselves a better deal. I think that, you know, this is an issue that uh, affects everybody in the, you know, in the basketball community. And I think, um, you know, I think that they'd be really smart to revisit it. From what I understand, they're going to form some type of committee at some point to look at this topic and, and study it. But, uh, you know, the Players Association is, is, is a real mess right now with um, Gilly Hunter stepping down and scandals and all that. So probably isn't the, the number one, you know, item on their agenda right now. How, how would you describe this draft for uh, 2013? A good draft, average draft, below draft? I think this is um, below average draft uh, at the top from one to five. There's no real Dwight Howard or LeBron James type, you know, franchise caliber player there. I think after that, I think it's it's a very strong draft. I think there's a lot of depth to it. I think there's a lot of good players who 
are going to be drafted outside the top 20, outside the first round, you know, even, you know, very good players that are going to go undrafted that are still going to have, you know, NBA careers. So I think this is a pretty strong draft. Um, I don't really agree with the people that label it a, a weak draft or people that are labeling a weak draft don't really understand what that exactly means. It's a weak draft for, you know, um, if you're the Charlotte Bobcats, you know, and you're looking to, you know, to find LeBron James, you're not going to get that. But if you're the Denver Nuggets or the Chicago Bulls, I think you got a really good chance to find um, a solid player where you're picking. Do you have a comparison in a year where so many of the guys that are potentially rumored to be up at the top have have so many questions, whether it's an injury like Noel or uh, the disappearing act that a guy like Ben McLemore could pull um the 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 lack of playing in the states for a guy like Bennett over any extended period of time do you, do you, do you have a, a a recollection of something like this at the top of a draft yeah um 2 years ago <laughs> it's really funny because everybody kind of forgets um but people were very very down on Kyrie Irving during the draft process he was said oh well he was injured the whole year came back for the tournament, he stunk, they lost to Arizona. <laughs> Maybe Derek Williams is a much better prospect, and, and any of these guys are franchise guys anyway. Enos Cantor hasn't played a game at Kentucky. He's going to go three. It's a horrible draft. And guess what? It ended up being you know, a pretty good draft. You know, And so, I mean, people overreact, I mean, to this every single year. I've been doing this my, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now. Every year it's a weak draft, and everybody stinks, and nobody can play, but... Yeah, the they, you know, there still ends up being really good players every at every class. So uh, I kind of, you know, tune that out a little bit. Jonathan Gavoin uh, from uh, Draft Express joining us. How do you explain Ben McLemore? I mean, this is a guy that you, you see the talent, but then he goes stretches where he disappears, i.e. this past Sunday against North Carolina, but yet he's number two in your mock draft and, and maybe could even be the number one overall draft pick. Yeah, you know, that's... Um, that's a good question. Uh, that's where really the, this not being a great draft at the top really comes into play because McLemore is a phenomenal athlete. Um, he's a fantastic shooter. He looks like a guy that you think you know is going to be a great player, but I think he's missing something in terms of a killer instinct, and and that's okay. You know, not every guy needs to be Michael Jordan. You know, there's a lot of very solid NBA players who are third or fourth options and, and are very efficient, uh, effective players. Um, you know, just it, it's not really his fault that he's going to get drafted really high and, 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 and the expectations are going to be crazy for him. That's going to hurt him, I think, a little bit early on in his career. But um, I think once people come to grips with what he is, which is a great shooter, a transition guy, a, you know, a very good finisher, um, a guy who could be a good defender is not a great defender right now. I think they'll realize that you know that he's just really solid. So, um, but um, yeah, no, that is definitely where you know this not being a great class at the top uh, comes to play. Three guys that are battling for Player of the Year in terms of Otto Porter, Oladipo, and 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 Trey Burke. With with Oladipo and and Burke in particular, with some teams drafting that need some point guards. Who do you like uh, in terms of having a better Better chance at being an having NBA productivity at the point guard spot. Um, I really like Trey Burke. I think that he's uh, you know he's a little bit 
undersized, which might hurt him a bit on draft night. But I think, you know, just in terms of his quickness and his basketball IQ, his ability to create and to be a scorer, I think that's what, you know, the NBA game is, is all about these days. So I think he's going to have a, a very good NBA career. Jonathan Gavoni from Draft Express uh, joining us here has put together his mock draft. Doug McDermott, seventh pick overall in the in the second round. Uh, the April 16th date is the one we hear about. You have to inform everybody that you're going early entry. But how hard of a date is that? Because it's my understanding, Jonathan, that you could the April 28th is the the drop dead date, but you could publicly announce on the 16th you're going pro. But when the 28th comes around, you could still be a college kid. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a little bit. It's it's a little bit confusing. It doesn't exactly work that way. The April 16 date, for all intents and purposes, is a meaningless date. It's a date that the NCAA says you have to announce that you're withdrawing from the draft, but you don't even have to announce that you're entering the draft until April 28th. So I don't really understand why you wouldn't wait until the very last minute, which is you know April 27, April 28, to put your name in the draft. So. If I were a college student, I would just ignore that April 16th date altogether and just and just you know do my research, um, you know talk to the NBA advisory committee, um, you know use my college coach and, and talk to as many teams as I can, and and on April 28th make a very tough decision. It's difficult because it's really hard to know where you're going to be drafted on April 28th if you're not you know Ben McLemore or, or Nerlens Noel. I don't think Doug McDermott is going to really have any indication about where he's going to get drafted at that stage so he's going to have to make a really tough decision at that point based on you know a lot of speculation because there's going to be a lot of players that are going to move up and down in this draft over the next um you know three months and um some of some of the guys that aren't on my mock draft right now are going to go in the first round and some guys that are in the first round are probably going to go undrafted and that's just the way it is because there's so many variables involved and there's so many things that affect the player's stock so, um, you know, I think the NCAA has done these kids a real disservice, but, you know, they have their own financial interests in, in, at heart. You know, it's a billion-dollar industry, and Doug McDermott makes a lot of money for the NCAA. So, obviously, they want to make it as tough as possible for him to leave. I don't blame them for that, but it's, it doesn't mean it's right. We speculate a lot just in the media in terms of trying to project a guy, especially with guys like Doug in particular, and we're like, oh, my gosh, who's he going to guard? What, you know? What's he going to do defensively? How much? How much stock really do 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 draft or do folks that 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 scout at the NBA level can readily gauge what a guy is going to do on the defensive end as a college player? I think you can you can have a, a pretty good sense based on a player's size, um, length, lateral quickness. Um, you know, if a, a guy like Doug McDermott struggles defensively at the college level in the Missouri Valley Conference, that's a pretty strong indication that he's going to have a hard time in the NBA. But at the same time, that can be, you know, somewhat overblown. I mean, there's plenty of guys that are playing in the NBA that can't guard anybody. You know, I mean, Steve Novak plays, you know, 20, 22 minutes a game for the Knicks. You know, he he doesn't play any defense. Um, You know, Charlie Villanueva making $10 million a year, he doesn't play any defense. So, it's not it's not a deal breaker. It's obviously not ideal, but you know, if Doug McDermott was a scoring machine and an unbelievable defender, you know, we'd be talking about him as a top five pick most likely. You've got Nerlens going number one overall, uh, despite his uh, ACL tear back in uh, February. 
a lot of people in uh, Big Blue Nation are wondering about the rest of those freshmen that are there that could go out. I mean, some of them they would like to because they're bringing in a whole slew of McDonald's All-Americans, but how many Kentucky guys do you see going in this draft? I probably, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing, probably, you know, there's going to be a couple more of them that are going to enter, maybe not because they already want to go, but because they don't have much of a choice. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys coming in who are expecting minutes, and, you know, when they committed to play, instead of going to, you know, North Carolina or Kansas, you know, they came in with the expectation that they're going to play. So if something has to give, give here. You can't bring in, you know, eight, seven, eight McDonald's All-Americans and three first-rounders and expect everybody to be happy. So uh, I... I I think that uh, that probably two, maybe three, are going to enter from, from what I understand. But you know, until it really happens, nobody knows. So I guess we'll just wait until they make their decision. Last month, uh, South Dakota State played uh, here in Omaha against uh, Nebraska Omaha, and there were I think seven, eight NBA scouts that were there watching uh, Nate Wolters. What are your feelings on where he might go from South Dakota State? I really like Nate Walters. I think he's he's got a really good chance to make um, a, a, an NBA career. I mean, he's got he's got a good size. He's six three, six four, and he's a much better athlete than people think. Uh, he can really really score the ball. He's got a great feel for the game. Um, you know, like McDermott, he's got some question marks on the defensive end, but I think that there is a place for a guy like him. You look at like Jose Juan Barrera. He's five ten. And he can't guard anybody, but he just has this unbelievable moxie to him. And I think that Nate Walters brings some of those same things. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for your time. Great work, as always. People can follow you on Twitter at Draft Express and, of course, on the website, DraftExpress.com. Thank you so much. Jonathan Gavoni, who uh, runs Draft Express. Check him out. You can check out the uh, mock draft again. He's got Doug going seventh in the second round. I wonder how these guys, I wonder how draft scouts gauge, like, toughness. You know what I mean? Like... If a guy, I mean, well, when, when you look at a guy like, let's say, uh, Demarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. um, where where you have to like, you know, cut him open and say, mm, how much is he willing to lay on the line? You know what I mean? Versus how talented a guy is. Well, Basketball, it'd be really tough to gauge. And it's is Cody Zeller the guy, the poster child for is that it, argument? Because an, Cody another, Zeller is a lot of He's the reason that I asked the question. Zeller is the reason that I asked. And Jonathan's the question. got him going third overall. He's got. Noel, McLemore, Zeller, Marcus Smart from Oak State, and then Anthony Bennett from UNLV, who just declared yesterday. You got Oladipo at six. The world loves Bennett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they love the, the the Canadian assassin. They love Bennett. Shabazz Muhammad from uh, UCLA at seven. Otto Porter at eight. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who's an international kid, at nine. And then Trey Burke at ten. You got Mason Plumley going twelve. So that means uh, Burke would be going to the Thunder at ten. Uh, he's got him as the Wizards right now. Okay. I thought the Wizards were nine, but you might be right. Might be right. Trey, let's, see, let's see who's going to the Heat. Oh, that's right. They don't have a first-round draft pick. <laughs> Do you have to find a way to slide that in? Yeah, because you know what they're going for tonight. Oh, 20? 20 in a row. 20. No, no, no. 20 in a row. 20. 20. 20. I, I looked at that schedule. It looks like all they've got basically is... Maybe the Bucks, but the first chance would be the Spurs. Spurs Sunday night. In, in San Antonio. Yeah, you never know about the Bulls. Nah, I can't score enough. Uh, Bulls would have to, or Heat would have to sleepwalk. By the way, you want your jaw to drop today? Sure. I just uh, tweeted out a picture. Nate Gary from 
Yeah, so he falls. told me to look at that. Oh, my. He's running track. Uh, so he's got a muscle shirt on. Yeah, he's a monster. Wow. I just tweeted out, check out the picture, and you'll go, wow. We're back with more Sharp and Betting in the morning after this.